Good luck with the most beautiful game. Do us proud. Red alert. They're off and running again. So smooth. So sweet. Splendid. Succinct. Just glorious execution. Guys, all I'm looking for is 60% effort or 1,000% of the time. How sharp was that? Sharp of mind and body. And that's why you see those beautiful tears. Look at his movements. The most dangerous man on the planet. Nobody picks him up. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another live World Cup edition of Wonder Goal, the soccer betting show from the Action Network, presented to you by Bet365. My name is Michael Leboff. I am the host this evening, and joining me, as always, will be my friends, my co-hosts, my role models, BJ Cunningham and Anthony DeBundo. But before I bring in those two gentlemen, a reminder that Wonder Goal is presented to you by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION. To get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado, bet $1 on any game, get $200 free. BJ, Anthony, semifinals of the World Cup are here. Four teams left. I got to say, we nailed these ones. We knew all four of these teams were going to make it through. <laughs> France is the uh, the favorite to lift the trophy there, plus 110. Argentina right behind them, plus 170. Croatia plus 750, Morocco 9 to 1. Yes, that's right, Morocco. I said Morocco. Let's start with the semifinal on Tuesday afternoon. That's Argentina. Their odds on on the three-way money line, they're minus 120. Croatia's 4 to 1. The draw is plus 230. Two advance line. Argentina minus 250, Croatia 2 to 1. Of course, those odds BJ, they're from Bet365, our very good friends. What do you see in them? I like Croatia plus half a goal at even money here. Listen, Croatia was pretty good against Brazil. Like what they did a great job of defending their penalty area. Brazil is an obviously an outstanding ball carrying team. They had eight dribbles into the penalty area. They only completed two of them. Brazil also didn't control a lot of possession in that match. It was a really, really good job of Croatia being able to control the midfield. They were able to play a lot of long balls up the pitch, normally out wide and basically attacked Brazil down the flanks. Brazil for the first 90 minutes only created one and a half expected goals and they only had one shot that an XG rating over 0.2. So Croatia did a really, really good job controlling the midfield and defending their penalty area. Argentina, on the other hand, they haven't really looked that great throughout this entire tournament outside of the match against Poland. They've only created four and a half non-penalty expected goals in their other four matches. Even the match against the Netherlands, even though they won on expected goals, they did have a penalty. You take away that penalty for the first 90 minutes, they only created 0.6 expected goals outside of the Messi penalty. Netherlands had a higher expected threat. They had more 10-plus pass sequences. So Argentina really wasn't the better team. They were better as we got deeper into extra time and obviously won on penalties. But the theme throughout this World Cup for Argentina is that they're just taking a ton of low-quality shots from outside the box. And if you look through their non-penalty XG per shot rating, it's only 0.11. That's 13th best in the World Cup. They've only had two shots inside the six-yard box. Only Iran, Tunisia, Qatar, and and one other team. Excuse me, I lost my train of thought there. But anyway, that's very, very concerning going up against this Croatia team that's been very, very good at defending their penalty area. So I think Argentina is overrated here, just like they have been throughout this entire World Cup. So I like Croatia plus half a goal at even money. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm actually going to play Croatia on the two advanced line. I'll probably play them on the three-way money line as well, maybe split the stake. Argentina is like, it's not fair to call them fraudulent because they're not, but they've just won games in moments. Like 
how did they score against the Netherlands, right? A, a messy, beautiful, beautiful play, and then a penalty. And then the Netherlands storms back from a 2-0 def- uh, deficit to send it to extra time, which tells you a lot about Argentina, that the last 20 minutes of both of these games, both of their knockout games, one was against Australia, by the way, like they've looked really vulnerable, whether it's them running out of steam, whether it's just taking their foot off the, the pedal or something. They've almost blown a pair of two gold leads. They've blown one. They've almost blown a second one. And this Croatia team, God bless them, have just shown that they're masters at hanging around. They've come back against Japan. They did it against Brazil in extra time. They bend. They don't break. They have the midfield to mute Messi. I mean, Luka Modric versus Lionel Messi is as close as you can get to you know someone who can kind of outwile or outguile Lionel Messi. So I'm not as afraid of Messi here. And the Argentina attack compared to Brazil is much more. You know, there's a lot more dimensions to the way Brazil gets forward. There's so many different ways that they can beat you. Uh, Argentina, it's it's very you know messy or nothing, and and it's an oversimplification to say if you stop Messi, you win the game. Kind of like you know BJ, how you said if England stops Mbappe, they'll win that match. It is an oversimplification, but if you stop Messi, you give yourself a really good chance. And I actually like Croatia's opportunity to do so. So I just think the number's too high on Croatia. The market is probably a little too infatuated with the you know Messi last World Cup narrative. So I think that's that's you're paying a Messi tax if you're going to bet. Argentina at this point. So I'm on the Croatians get back to the world cup final for the second straight time. Anthony, you weren't around for the last world cup. This is your first world cup, but Croatia made it to the final. They played France. Do you like a bet on them to get back there? I don't necessarily. I think this is actually kind of remarkably similar to what happened in the Argentina Netherlands match. The Dutch were able to keep a good amount of defensive possession with their, you know, quality ball playing center backs and their midfield being the strength of their team. And I thought they did a pretty good job of keeping Argentina from applying constant pressure in their penalty area. And I do think that they'll be able to do something similar, kind of what they did in Brazil as well. Brazil being a better attacking team than Argentina, a better team than uh, Argentina overall, probably you know makes it a little bit difficult to say that Croatia will be able to put up a similar performance. But I do think Croatia's defensive midfield, Croatia's ability to keep the ball in the midfield, we'll give them a good chance and a good platform to build off of. And I agree with what you said, Michael. I think this Argentina defense has been a little bit overvalued. I thought that coming into this tournament, and I still think that. Anytime a team has really had to go at them, they've had a lot of success. I mean, you can go back to the first match. Saudi Arabia didn't really do much attacking in the first half of that match. They created one or two, three direct opportunities and scored off of them. Of course, they were a little bit fortunate to get two goals off of that, but did create good openings on their first real attacks of the match. And then you could go into the Australia match. Like you mentioned, Australia was able to cause serious problems in the penalty area for Argentina, even though it didn't quite come off. And then the match just the other day against the Dutch. I mean, Argentina defended very deep, looked very under pressure, committed a lot of silly fouls, made some very questionable decisions and conceded a two goal lead in the final 10 minutes. That's a big red flag. So I think that, you know, when this match begins, you're going to see Argentina be pretty conservative and pretty, Uh, slow paced to begin it. But I do think that, you know, as soon as we get one goal here, or as soon as something does happen, there's a potential for this match to spring into life. And I do think both teams to score is actually a little bit undervalued at plus 125. Croatia's defense in this tournament has been fortunate. They've been very good last ditch defending Guardiol and Lovren, the two center backs top four in clearances in this entire tournament. So there has been pressure on the penalty area, but 
not only has the defensive center backs been incredibly effective at clearing their lines and, and, and making excellent plays within their penalty area under a lot of pressure, but Lovakovic has been the best goalie in the tournament. He's saved about 3.1 goals worth of chances based on post-shot expected goal difference. That's more than anybody else in this tournament. And yes, you can ride the hot goalie, but the odds are, and the, the history suggests there will be regression for this Croatian defense that has was ultimately pretty fortunate to only concede one to Brazil. When you consider, uh, yes, there were a lot of half chances, but normally those levels of chances do get converted at some point. I do think Argentina won't be quite as conservative as they were against the Dutch because they're not going to match three at the back. I thought that was a, a very uh, defensive tactical decision. They'll go back to a back four here. I think Argentina will. So that will also make it more likely that they'll be more, a bit more aggressive here. Yeah. Lovakovic is the favorite to win the golden glove award, which is given to the best goalkeeper at the world cup. Uh, And just one other note before we toss to Darren Ravel, who is going to break down the betting market report for us. He's going to tell us what the folks on the other side of the window are seeing for the semifinals. I think Croatia also is a good live betting team and they've proven that maybe that's a little obvious to say with the two comebacks, but they're just not going to get blown out more likely than not. They're clever. They can stay in games. They can manage situations. They know how to like weather storms. So I like Croatia across the board, whether it's you want to play them pre-match on the three-way line to advance, or if you're just looking for an opportunity to bet them if the field's tilted against them or if they go down early to this Argentina side. And with that, and before we, we talk about France and Morocco, let's hear from our buddy, Darren Rovell. Thanks, Mike. Uh, let's talk about some of the odds going in and uh, how people are betting them for Croatia. This is just full time. 44% of the bets on Croatia plus 370. Argentina minus 115. 44% of the bets. A draw in full time is 12%. Then actually to advance. Uh, and I'm sure people listening now now understand the difference. End of full time, but just to advance to win in any fashion. Croatia plus 195. 37% of the bets on Croatia and Argentina, minus 245, 63% of the bets. Now let's go to the other game, Morocco-France. Morocco, plus 650% of the bets on Morocco, uh, full-time, plus 600. France, minus 185, 42%. And at plus 300, 8% of the bets are on draw. Then to advance, Morocco, plus 330, 35% of the bets on Morocco and France, a whopping minus 450, 65% of the bets for France to advance to the final. Mike, back to you. That was wonderful. Thank you, Darren. Let's talk now France and Morocco. Les Bleu, BJ, minus 188 on the three-way line. Morocco, 7-1. The draw, plus 275. To advance, France, minus 450, plus 333 for Morocco to get to the World Cup final. France are the World Cup favorites. It's hard to see how the Moroccan game plan kind of changes from Spain and Portugal, or you can even go further back, Belgium, Croatia. But does it work again? I'm not so sure. I mean, the problem here with Morocco is, yes, I think they win the award for the World Cup of being the most compact team, but they have some injury concerns in their defense. Roman Saiz got carted off the field, which was their best left center back. Aguirre wasn't even on the bench. Maserati wasn't even on the bench against Portugal. So... Having to defend Mbappe, Giroud, Griezmann, Dembele, it's kind of concerning when the drop-off from those two center backs is quite drastic in this Moroccan team. But, I mean, Sofane Amrabat's just been everywhere on the pitch. He's my pick right now for Golden Ball. He has been by far their best player. 
He's really helped out their back line, taking away those passes in between the lines. And that's what Morocco has done such a good job of is that they've basically forced these teams to just rotate the ball back and forth out wide. But where does Portugal and where does Spain beat you? They beat you right through the middle of the pitch. And where does France beat you? It's out wide with Mbappe and it's out wide with Dembele. So obviously they have Atraf Hakimi, Mbappe's teammate. So he'll be able to match his pace and defend him pretty well, similar to how Kyle Walker did for England. But I'm not so sure that Morocco can keep holding up like this. I mean, they've conceded 4.3 expected goals and haven't allowed opponents to score a goal. You know, the only goal that they allowed was against Canada and that was an own goal, but I like Morocco to score here at even money. The French defense has looked pretty vulnerable throughout this tournament. I mean, they've conceded in every single match so far in this world cup, they allowed over one non-penalty expected goal to both Poland and England and England had so much space going forward, especially just throwing long balls up the pitch, was, which is basically what Morocco will do. They have outstanding wingers in Ziyech and Buffal, and obviously Enseri has some major hops and is a great center man to get on the end of some of the, those crosses. So I like Morocco to score here. I think uh, over half a goal at even money is a little cheap uh, for this team, and especially if France does score first and, and Morocco eventually does concede, the match is going to open up and Morocco is going to have to go forward. So I think there's, there's a decent price on Morocco uh, to score here at even money. Yeah, I think Morocco still has some value here, whether it's once again to advance or on the money line. Seven to one on the money line, I think, is is a great price. They played like a great underdog, I thought, against Spain. They did exactly how what they had to do to to get the game deep into the business end to extra time to penalties. That was really the only way they were going to beat Spain. But they really won that match against Portugal. Like they, they were the better team. The expected goals showed that. And I, I think that there's a pretty wide gap between Portugal and France, but there is, there's definitely some reason to be confident that Morocco can play with France if they go behind, which I think is, is really important here because of the stuff you just said, which is, I don't expect them to be able to pitch a clean sheet here, but I do think that in an open game, they're not, you know, dead in the water. So I actually think that there's some, some avenues to success for Morocco, enough that the the money line and the two advance line are, are more than worth a, a sprinkle here. Um, I trust the defense. The defense is what gives them the foundation, what gives them the platform to turn a game into a coin flip. But they're dangerous going forward. They're dangerous on set pieces. So I just think that this team still has a little bit more value in it at these prices. Anthony, Le Bleu, Atlas Lions, who gets through? I think France ultimately probably gets through, but I'm actually going to take Morocco plus one. I think BJ mentioned a good point about monitoring the injuries. Uh, Aguerd, Saiz, Masrawi, definitely a problem. They didn't have two of them, though, against Portugal and still were able to do an excellent job defensively. They are they are definitely the most compact team of the tournament. Uh, but I think it's very interesting. Croatia, Belgium, Spain, and Portugal all want and need to have the ball to be effective. And I think that is a stark contrast to what you're going to see between France and Morocco, because France is a team that doesn't really need the ball. They'll seed possession, they'll seed space, and they want to hit you in transition. That would be a very different tactical situation than what we've seen from Morocco. Of course, they're going to be the more defensive team overall, but I wouldn't expect them to have, you know, 18% of the ball like they did against Spain or, or less than 35% of the ball like the Portugal match. I do think uh, that they'll have actually a little bit more of the possession because France will give that to them. And then the question is, what can Morocco do to create there? And I actually agree with both of you that there's a path to success for this team going forward. And it's the crossing because France does not apply much ball pressure out of possession. They're very tentative and conservative defensively. They don't press. They don't really have a high passes per defensive action. It's a, it's a very passive defense. And so I think that actually creates room for Ziyech 
and Hakimi to get forward and get crosses into Nasiri, like you mentioned, and Buffal uh, is a pretty capable runner. The problem is if Morocco does that and, and Ziyech and Hakimi are getting forward, the main reason that France struggled to get Mbappe going the last match because Saka and Walker were so defensive and getting getting back and, and, and kind of avoiding those one-on-one matchups. Does that create space for Mbappe over the top and out, out wide? So that's the biggest question mark, I think, tactically, is how aggressive is Morocco? But France is not a dominant favorite who is, is capable of sustaining final third pressure because they just don't do enough ball winning to keep the ball in the other opponent's final third. So I actually think Morocco won't be under nearly as much pressure as they were for parts of the Spain and the Portugal match, and they can hit them in transition. You'd have to think France is considerably better than Spain, given that Spain was just a touch under this number. They were minus 170, 175. Now it's up to minus 190 with a lower total. So I like Morocco plus one here. Like you guys, you know, you mentioned also like, do we think they could get cooked if they get, you know, they go down an early goal? Probably, but they're probably not going to concede an early goal. They've been elite defensively all tournament. It would be a dereliction of my duties here as the host of the show to end it without mentioning one quick thing too. Golden ball market. Right now it's Kylian Mbappe and Lionel Messi. They're both very, you know, neck and neck, plus 100, plus 125, propping up the market. Antoine Griezmann of France. If you think our uh, Croatia has a chance to upset Argentina, I would hop on that. I think that he should be pretty much priced much closer to uh, Mbappe and Messi than he is. He was their best player against England. If he puts in another performance like that against Morocco, I think we'll see him in the short single digits. So for that, with that, I'll leave you guys. Anthony, BJ, thank you again. Thank you for watching. Good luck with all your bets in the World Cup semifinals. My name is Michael Leboff. This has been wonderful.